everybody, how's it going? Welcome to ECH Post Game Live. Wow, Afra, you're you're excited to be joining in right away. Um, here, you know what? Show them what you're wearing. We we need it right away. There we go. Look at you wearing the oh. uh the the awesome bandana that your mom actually made for for yes. her, and and I think you still have some from from the meetups. So if I do ne definitely next meetup, we're 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 not going home with any more of these. We're gonna give them all out. Uh, I know they're popular, so uh yeah, it looks great on her too. Thank you, mom. Yeah. Yes, thank you, uh, RJ's mom. Uh, we will. Uh, you can you can come back on in a little bit, Afro. We got We gotta get this thing started. Uh, so I I've been talking about this game, RJ, as like a playoff primer. This is the way that we could kind of you know see where the Kraken are at and and gauge what's going on with them. And then of course you get a shootout loss from that. So I don't know what that what that means come playoff time. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was an interesting game. Like I'm having a hard time kind of figuring out what i'm feeling after this one because there were some positives for the kraken but there was you know obviously still walked away with only one point right a couple different times during this one i kind of changed what i felt like the narrative was of the, of the game i mean this is something you know we do post game live after every single kraken game and i always try and think of okay how am i going to sum this one up what's the story of this game so as the game is going on i'm always thinking about that and it changed a few times you know after the first period i was thinking missed opportunities uh you know you don't score on six minutes of power play time in the first and a chance where you you can really you know take an early lead in the game yep. uh you know and then you know in the in the second period um you know you, you get uh you get scored on you get one it's and then you get the third uh sorry the kraken second goal off that weird bounce and all of a sudden you're leading going into the third and you feel like okay maybe despite those missed opportunities they're finding a way to win and of course philip grubauer looks like he might just steal a win i mean it would take yes. some kind of crazy bounce or ridiculous goal you know to get even one more by him and then what do you know? In the third period, the bounce is even out. And then all of a sudden you're left with, all right, well, what do we think about this game? And then it goes to a shootout and the normal shootout woes continue. But I, I, you're right. I don't exactly know what to think. It's really complicated because the special teams was bad again, although technically we won the battle there by getting the only power play goal of the game. So just yay. like they drew it up. Yes, it only took, you know, it deflecting off of two different Jets players to get through. Um, Why didn't we suggest that? We talked about ways to fix the power play. We just it, we totally skipped that. Just start going for it. Just start trying to shoot off of the opposing team. Why not at this point? You you have nothing else to lose if you're the crack in power play. Um, you have that. But yes, I'm glad you brought up Philip Grubauer because I think that's the one key takeaway that you have to have from a night like tonight is that Philip Grubauer... Yes, he picked up the loss. Yes, you know, he allowed the two goals or whatever, but he's walking out of there with a 950 save percentage. And that still doesn't even tell the story of what he actually was in this game, which was phenomenal. I mean, that is one of the best goaltending performances we've seen from him since he has been a member of the Seattle Kraken. He, he was strong in his crease. He played big. He stopped some big time moments. And really, you look at the goals that were scored. One, it's a bad bounce. Like you said, it goes in off of Dunn. The other one, uh, it was just that Alexiak Borgen pairing kind of forgetting that they have to play in front of him again. Uh, they both were just like way away from him and just allowed, uh, you know, not a bad player in Blake Wheeler, just walk in and, and do whatever he wanted in front of Philip Grubauer there. So um, I, I think the story of this one has to be Philip Grubauer. He was so fantastic. I was so happy to see him get the start. He, he is clearly the 1A now, and then after a game like tonight, there is no way he is giving up this crease anytime soon. No, no way whatsoever. I mean, he is he has been absolutely on his game the entire year of 2023, uh, but it feels like he just kind of keeps inching better and better. And in this one, you're right, the the save, that 950 save percentage doesn't even fully tell the story. I mean, you know, I, I just look at expected goals. He saved almost two goals above expected in this game. Uh, I mean, that's, that's crazy for a single game uh, to be able yes. to do that. But watching the game, it's no surprise. Yeah, I absolutely believe it. Having watched the game, he was just so fantastic. All right, because because she's she's still bugging me. Here you go. Happy Valentine's Day. You're my Valentine. Yes, yes, yes. All <laughs> all is good. All right, go go uh, go snuggle somewhere else. <laughs> 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 uh, 
That's what Valentine's Day is all about, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's start off here with Hunter special teams. What more do I have to say? It's true. I mean, they that first period especially, that was your chance to set the tone for this game. And uh, you, you get lucky. You get the six minutes of power play time and just nothing again, just literally nothing. Yeah, it was so stagnant too. I was kind of recording the the whole uh, of the of the first couple power plays, and just the amount of times they're just in that one three one. Yep. They're not moving at all. They're maybe moving the puck around the outside a little bit. Finally, Matty Beniers on that first or just takes the puck toward the middle. He's like, all right, guys, we are going to move around a little bit. <laughs> it just resulted in a normal point shot because uh, nobody else was really with them on that. I mean, they, they even hesitate. Like, are, are, are you sure? Can, can I not just stay in my spot? Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, this, the power play needs work. You know what they 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 had they did the one time they they tried to make a pass to the bumper and then it didn't go through and they were like oh I guess that's just off the table for the night but they attempted it once so gotta yes. give them credit for that <laughs> at, at the very least couple super chats here first one from JMG why not use Maddie in the shootout Donato and Everly are terrible um, s- similar to to what you actually said the first thing out of your mouth tonight when we logged on here. Yes, exactly. As we were logging on, getting ready to start the stream, I said one thing. I was like, I just want to see Maddie in the shootout. Is that too much to ask? Uh, and and like, I said, apparently yes. it is. <laughs> and you said yes. So there's your answer. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the shootout results going into this one. Yeah, Donato was 0 for 2 going into this He doesn't game have at... a career shootout attempt yet, does he? Donato? Or Maddie? No, sorry, Maddie, yeah. Yeah, Maddie doesn't have one yet. Yeah. Um, Donato was 0 for 2 before tonight. Eberly 1 for 1 on the season uh, going into tonight's game. So, you know, it's, I guess, Eberly, you could make the argument to keep him around in there. But yeah, Donato, go ahead and swap him out. And then Sprong, 0 and 2 on the season as well. The other super chat from Braun here. Hey, boys, happy Valentine's Day. Love you and chat and the Kraken. Who is your biggest Kraken crush? Maybe Bowie? Mm, well, I know who yours is, Dylan. I was going to say, mine should be fairly easy to figure out for everybody. The the big cat, Adam Larson, here. Um, and I and I stick with that. Although, you know what? I will give some some shout-out, some love to Maddie. I wore the Maddie for Calder uh, shirt today, hoping to get him going in this game, hoping he could pick up a point. Just didn't quite work out. Yeah, I know. I Trying to get the energy going. It'll come for him, and I think you know it'll kind of open the floodgates there. Biggest Kraken crush. That's that's a tough question, especially like, you know, covering the team, covering the guys day to day. I don't Biggest Kraken crush. I'll have to get back to you on that one. Oh, come on, RJ. You haven't you you haven't secretly been been eyeing somebody <laughs> <laughs> these past two years. Come on. Um, all right. That's fair. Coop really wish Alexiak didn't give away a goal in this one. Huh? Uh, it's, I, I'm really surprised at how long we are seeing this. I, I think when the team comes back, they start practicing at home. Maybe they reevaluate where Justin Schultz is at as far as his injury. I just cannot imagine the Alexiak Borg and D pair hanging around much longer, RJ. I know. I just, you know, the matters of miscommunication that you have there. I mean, that goal was, you know, kind of a textbook example there mm-hmm. where just, you have to know what the other guy is doing and it's not necessarily, you know, like a, a Again, Borgen kind of goes behind the net once he sees what Alexiak's doing with it um, and, you know, leaving the net front wide open. But, like, it's it's all about knowing where they're going with the puck. And if you look at where the forwards are on that goal, too, they're not expecting Alexiak to do that. The yes, forwards no. are jumping. They're out of the zone immediately. They're looking for that quick play up the boards and get the puck into the neutral zone really quick. So, again, it's just a communication thing. And uh, – that pair just doesn't have as much time together. And like you said, they're the two guys who, you know, are prone sometimes to fits of absent-mindedness. Putting the two of them together maybe isn't the best idea. Yeah. Uh, another super chat here from CR Bud. Sorry if this has been asked. I've been away. Why has Sprong fallen out of favor with this team struggling to score? Thanks. So, yes, Sprong, um, he, had, he, had, he was starting to get scratched. Then, obviously, the Andre Burakovsky injury happens. He gets back in the lineup, not given a lot of ice time. And then in this one, scratched in favor of John Hayden, which, despite playing seven minutes, only seven minutes, he did pick up, you know, a, a good goal for the Kraken. It was a good decision to make sticking him in on his 28th birthday. So happy birthday, John Hayden. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of a multitude of factors. Sprong, I think, was his game was becoming a little predictable. Other teams were kind of being able to shut him down a little bit, and then he wasn't adding a lot as far as helping generate chances on the four check, helping maintain possession in the offensive zone, as well as the back checking had really kind of fallen off. Yeah, you look at the little things that Sprong had done besides the scoring, and a lot of those had kind of dried up, as you mentioned, that the defensive play wasn't there as much. Um, and even the, the kind of shooting instincts, again, if he was still scoring goals and forcing the issue, he'd, yeah. he'd, have, he'd be in the lineup. You know, if he was yeah. still scoring like a goal every other game like he was, uh, then I think the other parts of it wouldn't matter as much. But when that scoring dries up, you better be doing the other things. And I think that's been lacking a little bit lately. Yep, for sure. Krakenhawk, the Kraken are regressing. Why? Is it because they're missing Berkey? Hubris? What could it be? It's becoming frustrating and jeopardizing their chances to make the dance. Uh, I still think they're doing all right playoff wise. And you know what? Tonight against a good Jets team to pick up the one point like that is still really big as far as salvaging this pretty awful road trip that they've had. Uh, I, I really do believe that. It's it, some of it's missing Berkey. We talked about it a lot on this last episode of the podcast, the deep dive that we released yesterday. It's, you know, it's special teams like that's really killing them. You look at all the other top teams in the league. They do not have to deal with the ridiculous kind of special teams disadvantage that the Kraken are dealing with right now. Um, and, and, and I still kind of point towards that first and foremost. But secondly, you know, as far as struggling to score, I brought it up on that as well they had been they they were they had the highest shooting percentage of any team in the league like at some point a lot of these guys like a Jared McCann uh they had to start regressing down towards some sort of mean some sort of average because you can't sustainably shoot over 20% and realistically expect to think that you're going to get away with that for over the course of an entire season and unfortunately for the Kraken it seems like a lot of those guys are regressing all at the same time yeah, it, it's kind of coincided in a way that, uh, like you said, is unfortunate there. Um, and it's it's just something that's naturally going to happen. But that's where you kind of have to dig deep and just create those, you know, dirty looking goals and, and go to the yep. areas where goals just generally tend to come from. Uh, and you're not always going to just beat the goalie clean uh, when you're playing, uh, you know, when you're playing like that. Sometimes you will. And we've seen that earlier yeah. in the season where those goals come in bunches. But when they're not, it's about playing the way that you played, like in say that, that Boston game where you're just going to the spots where you're going to create goals kind of no matter how, you know, how the puck bounces, yep. you're going to get one of those. Definitely. But yeah, if you want a more in-depth breakdown, we do that on the deep dive. We're throwing around all sorts of numbers, really looking at them versus all the other kind of top 10 teams based on points percentage in the league. So uh, I would give that a listen. Uh, Joshua special teams and passing. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of says it all, right? Uh, that's that's a lot of it right there, uh, kind of answering uh, uh, Kraken Hawk's question. Hunter, I'm at the breaking point with Wenberg and Alexiak. They both hurt the team more than they help and are four-plus million-dollar contracts. We've already talked about Alexiak. The big thing with Wenberg in this one, uh, you you had the good tweet about it on the ECH account, RJ, of him kind of pull, you know doing a Wenberg special or pulling a Wenberg. All he's got to do is just send that puck backhand. He's got a wide open net and instead he goes for some pass that doesn't even get through. Yeah, it's it was the Wenberg special, as I called it. I mean, yeah, again, I I like him. I Wenberg does a lot of good things. I thought overall he had a pretty good game tonight. Mm -hmm. But man, you, you look at that and just like only Alex Wenberg would think on, on that chance, I should pass this. <laughs> and, and, you know, he was going pass all the way. It's it's just the thing with him. Kraken fans have learned it, it's what it's going to be. Yeah, it's I I it's kind of you know we talk about why is the power play kind of rough. I still think him being the net front guy doesn't make sense. Like if if those are going to be his instincts, net front when the rebound is there for him, he should not be net front on your power play. That's it. Yeah. Full stop. Simple. Like this. It, Put Yanni Gord there instead. Just Absolutely. Because yeah. the net front person, they are there to screen the goaltender. And then when the rebound is there to try to jam it home. And if he's going to just kind of try to pass it back out of the crease, like that's the high danger area. 
You know what I mean? Like, like you look at the goals, as you were saying, Philip Grubauer, all those goals saved above expected in this game alone. I guarantee you what, what added so much to those, to that number was all those in tight saves that he was making those big time saves in and around the crease. There's a reason those are counted so highly in all of the expected goals models. It's because they're really high danger chances. So if you have somebody there who's playing in that spot and refuses to take those high danger chances, you have to remove them from that situation. It's, it's just that simple. Coop. Yep. Also, I was right about Eberly. Why put the guy who just missed a wide open game winner right back into the shootout over Maddie or McCann? I will say this about the shootout: like, if you are going to go, if you don't feel like you have somebody who's kind of like a deke master who's just going to like be able to do some spinorama or the Forsberg or whatever it is, uh, why not go with the guy who is shooting like twenty three percent on the season? Just let McCann walk in and try to snipe it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and at least you'll you'll get a shot going, you know, and I know people have uh, kind of complained about at least get a shot on net, make the goalie have to stop it. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't have a problem with McCann. I think at this point, I mean, heck, just switch up all three from what you've been going with. Go with three new shooters next time. You, you've got nothing to lose. Absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of there with everybody. DJ and Tay, listen, it's not Gru's fault. We can't make shootout goals. Big Gru for even getting us to a shootout. Thousand percent agree. Like I said, yep. Gru... You know, Stole all the stars. If if anybody's ever deserved a uh, the Davy Jones hat during a loss, it's Grubauer tonight. Yep, and I think I saw one tweet, so I can't like confirm it, but I think he was named first star of the game, and it well deserved. Yes, definitely. Uh, we got outskated for too much of that game from Tammy. Uh, that was part of it, especially in the first. I mean, without having those that six minutes of power play time at the beginning of that game, shots are not even coming out of that first period at 11 each like like without that like at five on five they were getting destroyed the kraken <laughs> yeah right, real quick comment from cr bud here this this gave me a laugh here rj when he saw curry open at the top of the key you gotta make that pass you gotta make <laughs> that automatic. pass i agree you do Great have to make that there. pass sorry i got my camera out of focus focus there we go. Uh, Sergeant Pickles got some studs and duds here for us. Good to see you again, Sergeant Pickles. Studs hit by a blow dart from the second deck. Epic call by John Forslund. That was that was unbelievable. Yes. I laughed so hard when he said that. Uh, that Apple's got an audible laugh from me too. I, that was a great yeah. call. Fantastic. What was the uh, other one that I liked? Um, when he said, oh, yeah, the, "Yeah, go ahead." I turning, think you got it. When he said, uh, "You know, John Hayden turned twenty-eight. Uh, I did that like many years ago, or something like that." That one I liked. Yeah, that was a good one. The one I liked was um, the scoreboard said, make some noise. So they did. Then they stopped. How about that? <laughs> I must have missed that one. Yeah. Oh, so like, at least they know how to respond to a command. He said he's feeling <laughs> spicy on his birthday. Definitely today. spicy. Another another birthday boy. We got to give a shout out to um, Apple's got us Valentine's Day gift and, and hoped his uh, new uh, girlfriend wouldn't notice. Grew, you still love me. Of course, I grew. <laughs> I like that Sergeant Pickles and then Duds uh, 5v3 5B, and a half double minor and can barely get off a shot shaking my head Jets go out for Valentine's and then ask their date for a rain check they never pay back shoot out giveth and shoot out take it away uh, yes it, unfortunately uh, I that oh gosh I Coop with the that power play at least looked better in that we got zone entries and passed the puck into the slot and got a shot from Schwartz there, but it's still so feeble. I mean, I'm just never going to get over it. Uh, and and kind of again, it, you didn't they didn't dig themselves a hole in this one at least, unlike like the Rangers game. But still, whenever you're going to get that kind of advantage, special teams wise, we're going to get three essentially three penalties there at the beginning of a game got to get one of those if you want to build anything for that for the rest of that game build momentum kind of steal some back after you're getting out shot is brutal yeah just have to convert there uh tammy alexiak might as well have just shot that first goal in himself redeemed himself with that pass for our first goal but still uh wheeler house squad alexiak borg needs to not be a pairing so everybody really seems on board with this one coop kind of sucks that this combined with the first jets game means stupid defenders cost us a combined two points um <laughs> yeah i mean that that first jets game that was very much what it was uh for this team as well um Let's see. Uh, from how would you pronounce this? Valor Vi Viren? 
Yes. There we go. Uh, you guys have helped me appreciate Wenberg's strength, but I still never want to see him on the power play ever again. I think we're all on board with that one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, some, some love for Afra there. Ty lost one. We deserve to lose. Yikes. This thing is kind of in shambles. Rest of the league is picking up and we are dropping like a rock in the standings. Special teams are horrible. That is all. Uh, that's a lot still, but it's it's true. Let's let me pull back up the standings. I mean, look, the one point helps a lot. It gives you the separation over Edmonton. So you're in third place in the division clean. Still, you're only one point behind Los Angeles with a game in hand there. Um, looking at the wild card, things are still okay. Like it's it's one of those situations where the Kraken are, are gonna do I still really believe like things would have to go really bad for them to miss the playoffs entirely, RJ. But what you have to start worrying about is that you put yourself in a position where you end up in the central bracket, which is yes. not the place to be. Yeah, we were talking about this, you know, the other day looking at the standings. And um, again, we were fine with a lot of different positions because I think give the Kraken a playoff series, even without home ice against any of these specific yeah. division teams. I think they've got, you know, at least a 50-50 shot. They're going to be just, you know, have a fair series in yep. it. What you don't want to have is a series where you are all of a sudden in the central bracket and you've got to go through teams like like a Winnipeg, like Dallas, like maybe a Colorado. You don't want to have to deal with that in the first two rounds on your path to a potential conference final. Um, so that's the problem. If you're in the top wild card spot, you should be okay. But in, in that last wild card, it's going to be really tough. Definitely. So that's that's more so what I'm worried about for the Kraken at this point, rather than them missing the playoffs, because you're still looking at uh, over Calgary. You're still looking at a five point lead there for the second wild card. Spot, so. Yeah, that's that's all right. Um, Strata, good teams figure out how to get a point in this situation. And they did, you know, credit to Grubauer for doing that. But they did. Um, shootouts are the worst part of hockey from Wheeler House squad. Lots of people would agree with you there. Um, DJ and Tay, maybe I'm misremembering, but earlier in the year, weren't the Kraken shooting the puck off the board by the goal as an extra pass to set up goals? Was that by accident or did they get away from that? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I legit think that that was by accident. I think they were just shooting wide a lot and they were getting good bounces. Yeah, I uh, think that's what it was too. I don't think that was intentional. Yeah, that has been a strategy some teams have used. I remember some old Red Wings teams. They knew exactly. They had the some places. lively boards at, at yes, the Joe. At the Joe, exactly. They there was spots where they were completely dead, and spots where that thing it was like just rubber. It might as well have been made out of rubber. And uh, the Red Wings knew exactly how to manipulate that to their advantage. Um, but yeah, I I don't. Yeah, you know, I'd love to give Kraken credit there, but I I think they were just missing shots. <laughs> Um, Coop, imagine if Hellebuck played tonight. Lowell couldn't get more than two on Riddick. Uh, that was that was part of it. I did think that same thing, RJ. We got lucky and, and missed Hellebuck, but like still, you gotta gotta take advantage was when the goalie gets sick and the backup gets thrown in there, you know? Exactly. And the Kraken have somehow dodged Hellebuck five of the six meetings overall against the Jets. Um, I, I always seem to remember that whenever the Jets come up, I'm like, oh, playing against Hellebuck, that's going to be tough. And it seems like they never do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I'm going to echo your line on Jack Hughes. Just whenever the Jets come to town, just Hellebuck. Just <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. <laughs> it's your um, line. Go for it. Yeah, uh, Nathan probably should have won, but I'll take a point. Come back home and get hot and Maddie some points. Gru is looking good. I think that's still the big takeaway was is Gru has looked good through all of these starts and has kind of, you know, in, entrenched himself in the crease. That gives me a lot of hope, especially after a night like tonight where, as we said, 950 save percentage. I will take that every night, regardless of the rest of the outcome. Yeah, no, agreed. I will absolutely take that. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Dunn and Grubauer really need to get on the same page. So yeah, on that second goal uh, given up, um, where it goes off Dunn's shin and, and Dunn essentially kind of kicks it in, I was wondering why Dunn was playing so far off in that situation. Like I get Larson was tied up coming off of the faceoff. He's pushed out a little farther. Vince Dunn, in my opinion, given where all the Winnipeg Jets were and the fact that you're coming off of a faceoff all loaded up on that other side, 
I thought it was kind of odd that Vince Dunn was even in the position he was in. He, I like that he was still net front, right? Like that's different than the Alexiak Borgen pairings problem. But I would have liked to have seen him back on the other side of the crease, really challenging that shooter physically. Uh, there was kind of no need for him to be on that other side, locking that down when there wasn't a, a single member of the Winnipeg Jets over there because of the faceoff being on the other side. You know what I mean? Like that was, I think just one of those moments where he was just like, Oh, this is the spot I'm supposed to be. And so he went there instead of kind of reading the play in front of him. Yeah. And looking at it now, I kind of pulled it back up. I mean, he is really concerned about that backdoor pass and that's even why he kind of slides in there at the yeah. end. And again, normally if you, if your defenseman is, if the other defenseman, because Larson comes out to challenge the shot, which is not the worst play. No. Um, but if you do have someone in there on Dubois, then Dunn doesn't have to kind of, you know, panic and try and get back into that spot. Um, it's it's just a, a tough one moving as quickly as it is. is. That, that's just a tough bounce off of two because all yeah, he's trying to yeah. do is just prevent that pass across and it happens to hit him in the skate. Like, I don't have a huge problem with that. But that, that shorty the other night, that's one that needs to be sorted out. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely an issue. I assume you're referring sure. to that in the comment there. Yeah. Uh, Stradic grew looked like a good playoff goalie in this one. He did. I mean, that's the kind of performance. You get that in playoff games, you'll win... Uh, some games that maybe you don't always deserve to win. And as we talked about, RJ, sometimes that'll help you steal the whole series. Uh, exactly. Goalies can that. do that. And it's something that happens every year in the playoffs. Uh, a goalie will steal a series or, or come very close. If you saw Jake Ottinger in that that Flame Star series uh, yes, last, last season, year. you know exactly what I mean. Absolutely. Um, Daniel, PK was great tonight. It was. And you know why? Because they could clear the puck. <laughs> yep. Getting those clears, <laughs> getting it out of the zone when you can makes a big difference. Uh, and I, I think, you know, we talked about the Kraken having trouble once a clear happens and just getting back entry into the zone and getting set up. It's kind of a universal thing. The Kraken tend to have more problems with it than other teams. But, you know, it's easier to hold the blue line than it is to try and play defense when you're already in your own zone. Absolutely. And uh, against, you know, this this Winnipeg team, I mean, they got some legit guys out there. Um, oh, yeah. So it was it was a good performance from that PK unit. Uh, let's see. Tammy, our three V three still looks pretty good. We didn't get it done, but much improved over the beginning of the year. I was going to say this, RJ. See how much see you could play fun three on three back and forth <laughs> hockey and not lose the game in overtime. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, they they did manage to escape. You better hope your goalie's having a good game. Uh, and Grubauer was, so they knew that going in. Um, but that would definitely looked more fun than the last time the Kraken got it to a shootout uh, through an overtime period, that's for <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, since taking those couple days of overtime practice, of three-on-three practice earlier this season, the Kraken haven't lost a game in overtime. Uh, right. And that's been a huge turnaround. I mean, they um, they lost the first three, I think, and then went on to win the next five. And, you know, then the couple no decisions going to a shootout. But that's a huge turnaround. And it's a big reason for those points. Think about where they'd be without those points in the standings. They'd be out of a playoff spot. Right. And I'm trying to remember, was that after the first Jets game? Yes, it was. That, that was the overtime yes, was. loss. That was the catalyst for all of it. Yeah, so kind of coming full circle there for, for the Kraken. Coop, nothing frustrates me more than not even hitting the net in a shootout. At least make the guy stop the puck. Uh, I, I get that, but it's one of those, like if you're going to rifle something and try to go up, you know, high up, it, it sometimes just runs on you. It, it just happens. Yeah. Um, Gregory Grubauer played his butt off once again. Offense needs to score more with him in the nets. I'm sure it's just Gru's diary is just like played fantastic today. Only got two two goals uh, in support. Like it's and just none that in the shootout. Day. Yes, <laughs> just that every day. Um, let's see. Daniel asking why not use Geeky in the shootout with his family in the barn? How about that? Connor able to have a night off, get to get to watch Big Bro. That was pretty cool. That's great. No, no, I felt good for him there. Um, and especially Geeky. Did he didn't he get an assist on the on Hayden's goal? Yes, he did. It was a sweet assist, too. Like that that made that play happen. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, yeah, he stepped up already. I mean, I don't know, maybe give him a shot. Given what they've done in the shootout so far, how the normal shooters are going, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. I was gonna say, and and this is before I even read your next comment there, Daniel, about how he killed it in the skills showcase. I was just gonna say, I think his best bet is just to take a slap shot, and I was forgetting that that was before I remembered. Oh yeah, and he shoots one oh four with those slap shots. Like, but I I legit think he should try that in a shootout. Just go for it. Yeah, just walk in, clapper. I dare Riddick to stand in front of it. 
His one breakaway goal on this season was a slap shot like that. <laughs> he just kind of came in and slapped it. It worked. So why not? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Joey pointing out we're now 0-3 on the shootout. And then the road trip was a disappointing 1-3-1. and It was, but imagine how much worse it would look if it was 1-4. <laughs> like, like yeah. It's weird to think that one point could make such a difference, but it can. Uh, Stratic Wenberg not throwing a backhand at a wide open net was the most Wenberg of all Wenbergs that has ever Wenberged. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's really up there. It's that true. might be, yeah, one of the most Wenberg things I've seen. All right, here's the real question, RJ Coop asking: Do we think Morgan Geeky is jealous of his brother's head of hair? Connor's got some lettuce. Watch it, as Geeky would say. <laughs> Do you remember that tweet from, yeah. from draft day? Someone saying, you know, I'd recognize the shine off that vaulted anywhere. And you just said, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there is your answer there. Um, Nicole's gaming pointing out we are 0 and 2 on Valentine's day. Mm, that's a stat crack. I'm definitely bringing that love. up next season. If they yep. have a game on Valentine's day. Yep, cracking, unlucky in love. What can we say? We got to make some sort of rom-com about it. Ty, uh, <laughs> so missing our top 10 all-time shootout dream machine, Don Skoy. He sits number nine with a 56.25% shootout percentage. Absolutely. He is a beast in shootouts. I've been, uh, been live to a lot of his best shootout goals, uh, whether they were in San Jose or, or the couple that he had in Seattle uh, before the injury. Yeah, he's so good. The crack and miss in there. I don't know if you could you yeah. could you just dress him for for just that. He's he, there's no way he'll take any contact to his head or anything. It's just a shootout attempt. Yep, you should all teams should be able to have an emergency shootout shooter that you can <laughs> throw in um, right off the bat. Should not even yeah. like oh you go through the whole lineup. I'm trying you to see Oaken. It'll come out of retirement. People would would totally be down for that. Um, I was just gonna say, what's the longest shootout you remember watching, RJ? Oh, that's a good. I question. remember a, a Penguins Capitals one that went 13 deep, and it was that like is... it was like you're starting to go with all your defensemen now, and everybody's like, "Oh man, <laughs> like are we gonna see Brooks or pick in this shootout?" <laughs> yeah, no, there there are some long ones. I I uh, I can't. No one comes to mind right off the bat, though. I off the top of my head now. That's fine. DJ and Tay biggest cracker crush has to be Davy Jones, right? Yes, that's a legit okay. One. Yes, Davy Jones. There you go. Or I mean, like he hasn't been around a ton this season. Maybe Cheddar. Jared oh, McCann's dog. Cheddar's a good one for sure. Uh, let's see. Joshua could be paying attention to the miscues, but it seems like Maddie is struggling. Hasn't scored in a while. His passing hasn't been like it was, and he keeps losing possession of the puck all the time. Um, I think. The possession thing is just he's trying to do a little bit too much out there, which is pretty normal, especially for a young player when going through a slump, but really any player going through a slump. Uh, his defense has still been stellar. You still see it like whenever um, if he is out there, when Alexiak Borgen is out there as a D pair, just watch Maddie. It's really funny because he kind of gets a read on it before it's even happening and he'll he'll go net front. He's almost more aware of that than any of the other centers on the Kraken team. He's the most. Uh, most likely to be found net front trying to be a defenseman. Whether whether he's effective at it or not depends on who he's up against, but he's still young. Uh, but he's the most likely center to, to pick up that that coverage and to, and to kind of be there for his goaltender. Um, so I think a lot of it just has to do with he's just trying a little too hard because of the slump. I agree. And this is something that a lot of players fall into. We see Jordan Eberle. It happens to him kind of regularly these last couple seasons. And, you know, if it can happen to a veteran like that, you know, it's easy for a younger player to kind of fall into that slump as well. Yes. And um, as Chris saying, Maddie's still been feeding people. They just aren't finishing. I will say part of it's just luck too. Like in that Flyers game when he had two blocked shots on, or he had a block shot on the empty net, then an empty net like zone clear that went just wide. And then he also couldn't get the pass through to McCann to score on the empty net. Like he was doing everything he possibly could to try to pick up a point there and end it. Um, it just wasn't happening for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, X kid Z asking, can you switch goalies for the shootout? Yes, you can. I've been looking forward to this comment. I saw it later down in the chat, uh, because it gives me the opportunity to bring up a, a kind of a weird hockey memory, uh, that I remember this is a ways back, but, uh, Ron Wilson, what used to be the coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs and, legend. uh, he, yep. Legend, legendary coach, also former San Jose Sharks coach. Um, 
And he had this policy. He knew that his often starting goalie, Vesa Toskala, was not that good in shootouts. And so he put his backup, Curtis Joseph, in uh, cold in, in shootouts. And it, it did not work very well. Um, I, I don't remember how many times he did it, but I don't think they ever got a win. Um, and he said before the game, I tell my goalies, you know, if, if it goes to a shootout, I'm going to switch you. Um, but it was kind of an odd thing. And of course, with the lack of success there, I think that just kind of died. Yeah, it's it's rough to bring in a goalie who's just been sitting there all night uh, for, for at least the last two and a half hours. I I think the, the scariest aspect of it isn't necessarily that they're cold and they haven't seen a shot. And now they're in this really high pressure, worst case scenario for a goaltender where it's just a shooter one on one with you. It's also the idea of you, you risk injury uh, because if they if they do try to do something, try to make an acrobatic save after just being sitting and not having stretched recently and all that uh you you could risk a soft tissue injury pretty easily i would think in that scenario so um hey but you know what curtis joseph didn't mind here's this quote it's entertainment right (laughs) (laughs) gotta love cujo cujo is the best i miss him so much (laughs) oh man um Let's see a Krakenhawk vouching to bring in Ryan O'Reilly from St. Louis. We have two young centers who can be the centerpieces for years. Might as well give up some picks for impact players. Definitely agree with that. And you know what? Again, tonight there was a couple times where it was like, geez, if we could just win this face off, things yep. would look so much better. That you look at the tying goal in the game. It came yep. off a lost face off in the D zone. That's huge. Yeah. Uh, Joey asking, when is Andre Burakovsky coming back? Don't know. He's week to week. Um, so it'll be a little while. I think Ron Francis even said in an interview, like a while, a little while or a while. So uh, don't expect him back anytime soon. I would think, you know, maybe around the start of March would be the earliest we'd see him. And of course, we'll see him on the ice skating and kind of easing into things before he would come back. Yeah. Um, I'll point out two points out of first in the division, four points out of first in the conference, got one point tonight and people are complaining. Look how far you've come Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is true. Like, like, like it's, it's been a rough stretch here, but like we were talking about earlier, looking at the standings and stuff, things are, the Kraken are doing okay. It's just tight, which the bottom line is that's going to be entertaining. Like you, you brought this up, RJ. It just means the rest of the season, every night is going to be like must watch hockey and we're going to be that much more invested in it and enjoying that ride. Yeah, every game matters. I mean, from here all the way through April. And that's awesome. That's where you want to be. Four months ago, every single one of us would take that. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Can we sneak Sarah Nurse into our shootout lineup? Again, like I said, if we can sign like shootout specialists, I said go for it. Um. Can we bring her in to replace one of Alexiak or Borgen on that D pair? <laughs> I'd be okay with that too. Um, Lindsay, only half a broken heart on Valentine's Day, getting one of two points. See, it's exactly. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, Ty, Wenny, the top of my sh- uh, shop at the deadline list. I think he's doing enough to have some value, but I don't think it's something we will miss. Kraken fans need to see what a true disruptive center can do. Yeah, uh, what we should do is try to get uh, Ryan Kessler to come out of retirement. The ultimate disruptive go. center in the playoffs, in my opinion. This is just the who can we get to come out of retirement post game, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think right now, I think we talked about this, whether it was on a podcast or a post game somewhere, we talked about it. I don't think Wenberg has positive value right now, given that his contract uh, still has another year left on it at 4.5. Um, he's the kind of guy who would probably have a lot of value next year at the deadline. But yes. I mean, for the same reason that you'd like to move him, I think teams would realize that he's not really playing up to what that contract is. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of a situation they just have to deal with. Uh, we've, We've talked about it. I've I've brought up the positives that he has. Like I I I not so much to like tell all of you guys, but also in part just to like make myself okay with it. <laughs> it's like just to remind <laughs> myself like there is some value here. It's just the bottom line is he, he isn't living up to that contract. Unfortunately, um, we're not seeing the kind of the same offense that we saw from him that that last year in Florida before he hit free agency. Imagine that RJ, somebody in their contract year just. All of a sudden they can score and then they just stop scoring again. Um, 
but uh, it is it is just kind of a it's it's a little bit of a rough situation. But to that, I will say, if you're going to be making kind of a mistake or have a player not fully live up to their contract, it's at least a contract you can survive. This isn't like a debilitating, crippling, massive contract that you've signed somebody to. Like he he does still have value. It just might not be all of the value. And thankfully, the number is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Gru has to start next game, right? I say yes. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, it would be a lot to not start him. Uh, they need to publish John Forslund book of quotes, words to live by. Absolutely. I, I got to think. I would sell. Get on that. Absolutely. Uh, if there's any publishers out there, you know, we'll, we'll try to sneak a note from, from you to John Forslund. <laughs> see if we can make we can that, do that happen as I knock over my Tylenol PMs. Uh, <laughs> Mason Appleton scored for us again. <laughs> from joey yep I, you gotta love it once a kraken always a kraken when i saw him coming down on the breakaway afterward too i was like this would be the ultimate appleton revenge goal but i didn't think he was gonna score no no uh daniel this team just needs practice time brutal to have this long of a road trip right after all-star break agreed i i gotta think that's been a lot of this yeah, I agreed. Like there's just there hasn't been time to practice and there's a lot we've talked about they need to practice. Yep. Uh, but they're coming home uh, tomorrow, actually. I believe yes. they have a, a practice on the books for tomorrow. So um, I'll, I'll be there. I'll uh, oh, assuming they don't cancel it, um, but I'll be there and I'll, I'll let you know how it all goes. I was going to say it'll either be tomorrow or Friday that they'll get that practice in um, special teams. What you focusing on? I would think so. Special teams have got to be an area of focus. Yeah, I it would be remarkable to me if it wasn't. Um, let's see. Jake proposing a trade here. Wenberg, Alexiak, and a first for Chikrin. I don't know that <laughs> the Coyotes would take it, unfortunately. No, I think they'd hang up the phone right there. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat, but yeah, it would I, I don't know that we could swing it, unfortunately. Um Let's see, light a bit more of a negative take for me. But if Susie will never get to live down the first Jets game and his penalty, I'm surprised the big rig doesn't get as much flack for his poor play. I understand where you're coming from there, light, because you could argue that Susie, while he's had a couple like big, like in the spotlight, um, kind of blunders or moments where it seems like he kind of cost the team a win, Alexiak has really struggled all year long uh it, but it's just it's it's generally just throughout the game it's never just right at the end and it costs them with like 30 seconds left yeah uh, and so, I, so visible yeah. like you know when you kind of punch a guy like that it's just the kind of thing that that is a lot more visible uh you know people remember it yeah uh let's see sean maddie and tolvanen both had great games i thought maddie's defensive effort was great especially on the pk i'm enjoying having maddie on the pk yeah, he's a fun penalty killer to watch, and and especially as he grows and matures throughout his career, like and gets more dangerous offensively too. He's going to be yeah. a really good power killer. All right, so we got three comments here. Basically, everybody asking who we would rather want to play. You know, who would who would we rather face in the in the playoffs amongst essentially all of the options here? It seems like between yeah. all three comments. So just RJ to you. Uh, do you have kind of like a best case scenario opponent for the Kraken and a worst case scenario opponent for the Kraken? Yeah, I think um, best case, well, best case is if you can still win the division and then you're getting one of those wild card teams like a, you know, say a Calgary might be pretty good. Um, you know, the way they've looked this season or I mean, heck, I would even take I would take Edmonton, you know, over over some of these other teams just because. I know Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl can just absolutely take over games, but they're just such a, a deeply flawed team with the Kraken's depth. If you're playing matchups and especially if you have home ice, you should be able to just use your depth to kind of check them into oblivion. Like I, I trust the matchup there. Um, if you don't have home ice, that can be a little scary, but if you do, I like that one. LA is, is kind of sneaky, scary for me. If they like bring in a, a Jacob Chikrin too, I think they kind of need to figure that out. But if, if LA with Chikrin and especially if they get Vimelka in that deal, they could be a potentially very scary opponent. I wouldn't, I never want to sign up for playing against Vegas. I just, the Kraken have struggled against Vegas in the past. I don't like it. Um, so I guess best case would be, you know, Calgary or Edmonton, one of the Alberta teams. Worst case would be Vegas. That's really surprising to me because I talked about it after our last game against Calgary that Calgary is arguably the worst matchup for Seattle. Like the Daryl Sutter system just 
it confuses the crud out, out of the Seattle offense. <laughs> we just can't manage to do anything there. I still think worst case scenario is you have to go over into the central as a wild card and you end up playing Winnipeg. I truly think Winnipeg bar none is the worst matchup opponent for us, even though we've taken them to overtime. I just don't see how we survive a series against them. Dallas, we haven't really seen the Kraken against Dallas yet this season, so I'm kind of intrigued to see what that looks like. I'm with you. Vegas is a terrible matchup. I don't like the matchup against Calgary. I like the matchup against LA. I, you know, I've been to those two games down here in LA. One was ridiculous, but the first one was just a really solid Kraken win. I'm trying to remember, did the Kraken win the, the game up in Seattle? Uh, yeah, they won 3-2 in overtime. So, right. so uh, you know, it was a close 0. game. Yeah. The 3-0 and against That's the Kings. Right. But again, they're playing against, I believe, do they get Cal Peterson all of those games? I mean, he's in the AHL now. You're not going to get a goalie that bad <laughs> that you're playing against. Phoenix Copley has been like, okay, serviceable, yeah. um, which which has been huge for them. Um, so I, I think, again, goaltending is going to be a big difference. And then also, if they do add a Jacob Chikrin, then, then that's yes. a game changer. Yeah, it's it's obviously helps them out a lot. Um, but yeah, Edmonton, it's just, you know, if McDavid's going to be able to do it or not kind of thing. And, you know, to be honest, Vegas, like, yeah, they're still putting up points, but they're really banged up now. Uh, who knows what that team's going to actually be come playoff time <laughs> as far yeah. as who will be healthy for them. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see uh, who the Kraken get. Um, but it's, it's just it's just going to be fun to be in the playoffs at all. Bottom line. Yep. Um, and by the way, Jonathan Quick did play for some of that uh, that that second game in L.A., you know. There you go. It, was, okay, so it we, wasn't yeah. just Cal Peterson. It, I'm not sure you can like <laughs> read anything out of a game that finishes 9-8, but, you know. Playoff hockey, you know. <laughs> they were able to score against both of them that night. <laughs> That's I, what I Allison it. said. Playoff style hockey, I think, is what, what Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's what definitely came out of that the, the famous quote uh hockey for can we use the 25th amendment to remove hackstall for insanity if he puts the same shootout order out again <laughs> i mean it fits in with the with the you know the the definition for insanity um i don't know it's i i got to think that that he'll change it up at some point if only because rj one of you in the media is going to bring it up the next time you see him, maybe tomorrow and ask about it and maybe plant that seed in his head. Oh yeah. I'm sure he will get asked about that. Um, I don't know if I want to be the one to do it, but I am sure someone will, uh, will ask about it. He might've been asked about it tonight. Actually. I was going I would ask about it tonight if I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure somebody did because it's, um, it's, uh, it's obviously something everybody has taken notice of. Uh, yeah. Coop three on three seems so simple to me. Most teams score with the overlap moving puck exchange, but we never really try that, that in a breakaway off of the other team's missed shots. That's the thing that's always going to give it to you. If you can get an odd man rush going off of a missed opportunity down on one end of the ice, you are going to score more often than you are not. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I still think the Kraken, they, they just at their core want to just play possession and get to a shootout, which is, odd considering how poor they've been in shootouts yeah I, definitely i mean because they don't really force the issue there are ways to force the issue without really giving up possession like that kind of overlap type thing where you force the defenseman to to make a choice one way or the other who are you going with um mm -hmm. and, and the kraken haven't really gotten to that point with it maybe it's because they didn't work on the on three on three overtime kind of past that practice where they're like all right we're going to play conservative we're going to play puck possession hockey and that's just what we're going to do and i think the next wrinkle to that that you can add are plays to kind of safely force the issue there where you have numbers and they just haven't had the time to work on that yeah agreed absurdly saying unlucky in love was the washington lottery tanev ad wasn't it <laughs> is that what i guess it is yes Oh, that's great. So it's, it's just, it's very fitting for the team next year. Just got to make a bunch of those. <laughs> um, somebody, if your business has anything to do with Valentine's day, contact the Kraken, see if you can work something out now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Ty talking about that rule 84.2 that states, if you pull the goalie and lose in overtime, you forfeit the points. Uh, yeah, that's never going to happen though. I would be very surprised if that happens at some point. Lindsay it would asking, need to be last day of the season. Like you happen to need, the two points or whatever and yeah you just go so you're it. just all, all and the out. point doesn't help you yeah yeah um Lindsay asking if it's jacob magna time i i think it could be i mean it, if you shuffle back up the d pairs and everything i think um you know you got to look at bringing magna in i mean 
you brought him in via trade. I know he's not technically one of your top six, but if you need to shake something up, um, I think they probably maybe want to get him a few more practices in just with the team and integrating into everything. It's tough when you're brought in on a road trip and you don't have that time to kind of gel with everybody. He had to play that first game because of an injury, but I think they probably want to get him a few more practices in just given the approach with they've taken with guys like Tolvanen and, you know, Kale Fleury this season. I think that's probably the thinking there. Right. And Borgen last year. I, I agree with that. Barring an injury, I, I don't know that we'll see him that much. Um, or unless, you know, maybe a Susie trade or something happens like that. And then all of a sudden the spot opens up as well. Just going to throw it out there. Yeah, just in case. it could happen. Just in case. <laughs> um, Cad bummed there wasn't a win on my birthday, but we at least get a point, so I'll take it. Just glad the boys are coming home. Well, happy birthday! Hope yeah, you still had a good birthday. Feels like it's uh, everybody's birthday today. I know it's like a thousand birthdays today. Um, good for y'all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some more talk, Daniel. Do you guys notice how much Forslund hates having to throw it to the Jack in the Box mini ads? Yes, 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 we do notice. Everybody notices. It's uh it's especially it's especially fun when he really goes at it with um Eddie about it. Like there's yes. obviously stuff there with the jack in the box that goes back to was that the first game of the season? It might have been. It tensions. was a long time ago. There yeah. was the, the hot mic moment. Yeah. And there's just something funny about John Forsland uh you know promoting uh like Red Bull infusions. <laughs> it's like the, <laughs> the perfect thing. Oh man yeah uh let's see crack and breaking my heart on valentine's day come out of winnipeg owner of a lonely point love it edward love it love it very good reference there um ty tomorrow night all you armchair gms come hang out with rj time to get a bit yes. wild with trade deadline and beyond yes go ahead uh do uh do your uh ad read <laughs> whatever there you go. promote promotion <laughs> yes i will i will plug the armchair gm stream it's going to be really fun it's going to be a great time that is tomorrow night uh the 15th tomorrow night at 7 p.m uh so yeah join me for that stream it's a you know a stream for our patrons we're going to be looking at armchair gm we're going to be looking at potential trade possibilities for the kraken we're going to look at longer term ramifications what that means for this off season and even next season so we're going to play all those scenarios out um and we're going to have a lot of fun looking at all of that stuff i am really excited to uh to put my gm cap on here and go through all of that with you yeah and you know just it, the armchair gm stream the prospect live chats that i do those are interactive like if you're a patron not only are you getting access to the content but you get to be a part of the content and kind of drive the conversation and stuff too so it's there they're yeah. always a lot it's- of fun is there a player you want the Kraken to trade for at the deadline? Someone you want to look for at the offseason, but you're not quite sure how that would fit in cap-wise? Keep that in mind. Bring it up. I will I will try and fit it in, make it work, um, yeah. and, and see if the Kraken can do it or not. Yeah, RJ will tell you why. He doesn't want to spend that much money on them. Sorry. It's a goaltender yes. and they want more than $5? Nope, it's not happening. <laughs> Are they over the age of 30? <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> uh no it's it's a, I'm a, it's gonna be a good time i'm looking forward to I, that's it. that's the story for anybody who just spends any amount of time with me really rj <laughs> telling you why he doesn't want to spend that much money on that yes exactly uh let's see daryl happy with the point groovy killing it berkey back with o'reilly and some fixes on a power play you never know i agree i mean this look this is still a team that we've seen them kind of go through as Lindsay would be in here saying this could just be a month by month thing and february is just our down month um, we could easily see all this turn around in the crack and just kind of get right back up there where they can hang out in first in the division and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> let's me. see everybody kind of given their, their takes here, uh, on who they want. Daniel doesn't want Calgary. Tammy agrees with the Edmonton thing, but thinks Calgary's bad. Uh, Al deeply fall flawed them's fighting words. See you March 18th. You better stay sober on St. <laughs> Patty's day. Uh, I was going to say that's a, that's an Edmonton fan there. I believe from past streams. We know um, I, I, that, they should know better than anybody, right? Yeah. I was going to say um, uh, Edward ECH post game therapy coming up clutch though. Much love for the channel and the community. Thank you, Edward. Right back at you. Um, uh Karenza, hi newbie question here why does home advantage such a big thing it's not like baseball that where the location of the fence is different uh well we talked about it a little bit earlier with the idea of like board yes. play could be slightly different um 
as far as like how bouncy they are, how much you can play off of them with the puck uh, using the boards there. But a lot of it just comes down to being able to sleep in your own bed instead of a hotel room and being able to be around your family and and have your own practice facility and medical tr equipment and 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 uh, training room and all that kind of stuff. It's it's more so like a familiarity and comfort thing as the idea. And then the one thing that does actually matter on ice, I'll throw it to you for this, RJ, is uh, is that you you do get an advantage. Yes, you do. So the big advantage, and this largely comes in playoff games, uh, is last change. So how that works is the, the road team has to send their players out on the ice first after any kind of stoppage, and then the home team can see who they've sent out, and so then you can counter with whatever players you want. So that's a way to get the matchups that you want basically all game long if you do it right. And in the regular season, most coaches won't bother with that. They'll just kind of roll their lines. But in the playoffs, uh, with the games being more important, with matchups, matchups gaining extra significance as you're playing multiple games in a row against the same opponent coaches really care about those matchups and that's where home ice advantage is huge um, and so you'll see that over the course of a playoff series if you watch the different matchups and the coaches kind of playing that those lines against each other uh, in the ways that they want at home versus on the road so good question there uh, Carenza mm -hmm. yeah and that's one where uh, particularly in like a series against an Edmonton like, okay, mm -hmm. they're throwing out McDavid. You want to be able to throw out whichever player, you know, performs the best against McDavid as far as shutting him down. I don't know on, on the Kraken per se who that is off the top of my head, but I'm sure I'm telling you right now, the Kraken analytics department knows who that player is and can, can communicate that down to Dave Haxtell. Um, and so it's it's one of those that whenever you're you're playing and, and another team has like that guy, you want to be able to shut down that guy. And if you've got home ice, you can. And likewise, uh, if you're Edmonton, you see the Kraken put out a, a line that's maybe not doing so hot. All right, we're going to put out Connor McDavid, and they've got to try and survive a shift uh, against yeah. McDavid. Yeah, exactly. So you you would much rather have that for a game seven if if the series is going there. Um, Stratic Edmonton is going to score on the power play anyway, so our bad PK is irrelevant. I don't think he's. I don't think Stratic's wrong there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I kind of actually agree with that one. Um, <laughs> Uh, Joey asking, when is Chris Drieger going to come back? Uh, he's working his way back. I, I would think, you know, maybe around the end of this month, uh, you know, start of March, they, they have an interesting decision to make as far as timing it potentially with the trade deadline, um, you know, and the roster, uh, expansion that comes with that. So we'll see what they end up doing. We don't know for sure, nothing official from the team, but my guess would be in the next couple, two to three weeks. Right. And he went on the road trip, right? Or at least yeah, the beginning did. of the road trip. I, I believe he went on the beginning of the road trip and he did practice with the team. So he was fully practicing yeah. with the team. Uh, so that's another good sign as far as his recovery. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Let's just go like rapid fire here towards the end. Get through these. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, some, some, where, where's this one? Sorry. It jumped on me right as I was going to go <laughs> rapid fire, like the worst timing in the world. Okay. All of our games against the jets ended two, three or three, two, and now two, three freaky stuff. Uh, so we're just destined to be in this, you know, never ending battle. This is why we don't want to deal with them in the playoffs. These games would never end without overtime, RJ, without shootouts. These games would never end. You asked at the beginning of this, what does that mean? They lost in a shootout for like a playoff primer. It means the game would go to double overtime and end on a weird yes. bounce. Yes, and we're, we'd be having to do a post game starting at 1130 at night. Yeah, who wants that? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about the idea of maybe even doing post game uh, for playoff games. It's going to be epic. Um, Kraken should make a move for Debrinket. No. I, is Edmonton <laughs> even looking? Is Ottawa, I mean, looking at getting rid of him? I thought they brought him in. To, no, to the, the talk extension. is that they, they're not even entertaining offers for him. So I don't I don't think that's uh, in the cards. Yes. Uh, Lindsay, on the bright side, February is already halfway over. And if the Kraken follow the pattern, they will have an incredible March. I'm I'm holding true. To the longer this I'm goes right on, there. the more I'm just hoping for the pattern to hold true. Yeah. Make RJ calculate an Eric Carlson trade. <laughs> hey, if you come to the armchair GM chat, you can <laughs> uh, break out the. Uh, Act actuarial tables is that it yep get it because he's old <laughs> i do get it um i mean i will i will break out the actuarial tables you will not like what you see uh, i'll break out all the aging curves it's not gonna be good yeah um for cartel second period line change and roster picks second is that 
on for the home ice advantage there. Sorry, I'm not understanding. Do you know, RJ? Yeah, well, second period line change is going to be, I mean, it's going to be a long change for both yeah. teams. I mean, you, you get the last change uh, yeah. and roster pick second. Um, I don't know, maybe you, you pick your starting lineup. Yeah, second, your starting lineup but, second, but generally it's going to be That's part the, of last change, yeah. What. Yeah, yeah, that's what, uh, confirming there. Uh, let's see. Um, Drieger coming back, answered that one. Uh no better about staying sober. Edmonton, unlikely. The playoffs, third round last year. Don't forget Kane had 16 goals. Hyman, 11. Not just McDavid and Dreisaitl, just saying. Yeah, I mean, Dreisaitl certainly wasn't part of that run last year just because he was playing on one leg. Um, I, all credit I mean, that's amazing. He was, he was despite playing on one leg. It was yeah, I mean, he was still effort. good. Yeah, it was it was a good effort from him. I still go, go with, you know, again, Connor McDavid led playoffs in scoring last season, and he didn't play past the Western Conference Finals. Like, he was over two points per game last year. He was just, he was lights out. Um, but uh, they got to be able to stop the puck, Al. You know this. <laughs> they got <they> to <laughs> be able to make some saves and play a little defense to go with all that offense, and that that's still very much a question. <laughs> uh, and that's what Ty's pointing out. Oilers got swept. Go away, lol. <laughs> All right, some good stuff. We're getting ready for it. We're getting ready for it. If that's the first round matchup, we're we're all going to be set for this. Um, all right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this post game live after the shootout loss. Kraken coming home. Going to be home against the Flyers on Thursday. Great to have the team back in the state of Washington, back in Seattle. Um, and yeah, I got to think we'll see Grubauer again after that epic performance tonight. I mean, there's still. I, th I think the trend could still be going up after the after the Flyers game and then after this one because you know that Flyers win we still talked about they were a little shaky this game looked a lot more solid from them yeah definitely and I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing what the Kraken can do back at home after you know maybe a practice under their belt I haven't checked my email to see if that practice is still happening um, but uh, I think that would be something that was really good for them um, yeah. and yeah just back to their fans too at Climate Pledge Arena it's been a while since they've uh, been able to play in that uh, with that home crowd it was last month um, so it'll be just good to have them back at home and uh, you know for a lot of you to be able to go and, and support them in person Definitely. So we will see you all after that one. But until then, we'll see you next time. I always say that. I got to come up with something better. <laughs> see you, everybody.